This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. I do a little different on my voice there this time because I can't do it the same every time, right? Well, hey, I'm excited for today's episode because um, I don't know whether you realize it or not, but one of my intentions is to bring very interesting people to the podcast and maybe introduce some topics uh, that maybe you weren't even aware of. And uh, today is going to be one of those. We're probably going to talk about some things that you might be going, what? Well, just stick with me. Listen to the whole episode, because I promise you that as you listen, you're going to hear one, two, three things, maybe at least, that are exactly what you needed to hear today. And when you do that and you see that you got value from that, please make sure and share this with other people. Uh, because as you're listening, there's going to be a name or a face that's going to pop into your head as you're listening and go, you know what, Bob or Sally or Joan needs to hear this too. And please make sure and share that with them as well, because chances are there's exactly something that they need to hear in today's episode as well. And sharing is caring, my friends. And with that, I'm going to quit talking so we can get to the main event, which is my guest, Glenda Barber. So with that, let's roll the episode. Hi, I'm Jason Mefford, and you're in the right place to start transforming your career and life with this podcast. I've been in the trenches as an executive leader, and now I'm an executive coach and confidential advisor to executives all over the world. I use a multidisciplinary approach to improve learning that drives transformation by getting to the root cause in a practical, no-nonsense way. I love learning and sharing what makes people tick. You get both education and entertainment, since learning shouldn't be boring, right? But that's enough about me. This podcast is a combination of intuitive leadership, neural influence, and mental mastery to take your career and life to levels you've never thought possible. If you're wanting to improve yourself, develop stronger relationships professionally and personally, make quicker, better decisions, and become a more effective leader, then of course, this podcast is for you because you are going to learn how to manage emotions in yourself and others, avoid burnout, stress, and anxiety, master your mind, get people to listen and take action, and become a lifelong learner. And when you do that, you will have a positive mental attitude, executive leadership presence, and the skills to know exactly what to say and do in any situation. I'm glad you're here. So let's get started. Hey, Glenda, how are you doing today, my friend? <laughs> I, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. I, I love your laugh. Thank you. That's really <laughs> Too much energy early in the morning. Jason's been so drinking good. coffee. <laughs> 
No, I know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down here in, in sunny Southern California. You're up north, north of the border, uh, up in Canada. So I know it's a little bit, uh, a little, a little cooler there right now um, than it is down here. But I'm, I'm excited to have you on because, you know, some of the stuff that you do is important work that people need, but they, most people don't even realize that these things exist. And so I'm excited to have you have you here today to, to, to talk about this. So maybe just give give people a, a quick like one minute of what you do, kind of how you help people. And then I want to start asking you some questions about how you got to that point, because I think that's really the fascinating part is how we get to where we are in life. So take her away. Thank you. Um, the short story. Uh, when things weren't working for me as far as feeling uh, like I'm doing the very best I can do for my own life, I heard a podcast that I know you know about. Mm -hmm. And then the short version was that I was doing self-hypnosis and it was very helpful. And I learned about it on that podcast. I swept away quickly and learned how to do hypnosis. And I wanted to up-level even that level to something called five-path hypnosis. So I'm a master hypnotist. I learned how to receive as well as, you know, facilitate for someone how to do a mind shift. So in other words, you know, if you're not feeling good enough, not loving yourself, know there's something in your way and you kind of don't know what it was. Um, it kind of boiled down to me once I did the training and show up for people to provide them with that assistance was uh, I wasn't listening to myself and I had gotten out of congruence with, uh, I'm going to call it alignment with my soul, but you can also refer to it as just your inner knowing. And when the two don't line up, you get discombobulated. And a better word would be confused, irritable, discontent. Um, start making what? some wrong choices. Yeah. You know, really, really, you know, freaking out for scarcity. Uh, you know, you got to work harder and struggle and do all the things that I'm learning now that didn't really serve me at all. And when I really listened most of my life, life was spot on. And gratefully, I made my major decisions in those times. So what does that have to do with the Hill of Beans is... Because I had a benchmark from those times. Now, when I listened to that podcast I spoke about early on, I found myself again. I'm like, dude, it's lovely to be here. I still had some stuff, though, that behind me was left a bit incongruent from my actions. So pulling all that together, this master hypnotist uh, had to practice, right? And I also got some help with all of that. And the help was is that I can save that. That's my journey to being a coach, a sacred space coach spiritual leader. And when I say leader, I don't mean leading of lots of spiritual people, as opposed to helping someone be in their leadership energy of more of an, how do, how do you find alignment if somebody didn't know that? If you're fearful, how do you deal with that? And you don't know when you're blocked. Usually it's just a matter of like we both know, just sitting still with all of that and, you know, giving it the space to first be heard, you know? Um, a lot of us don't want to feel our emotions and our emotions are good emotions tell us something wrong it's like it's no but like, emotions scare the hell out of most people right we don't want to yeah. feel it we numb ourselves most of the time i mean it's 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 interesting i'm i'm we're, we're finishing up a, a series called sense eight uh that the wachowskis put out and, and there's they're they're very they're they're kind of um 
for lack of a better word, maybe psych, psychic people that are that are in this in this series. Beautiful. And and with them though, there's these things that they call blockers. They're pills that they can take to block out some of these psychic things that they're experiencing in their life. And it just makes me think, you know, like like you're saying that so much of the time we try to block out certain things. We don't want to admit or actually listen to ourselves. We'd rather just numb out, you know, whether that's drugs, alcohol, whatever. There's lots of different ways that people numb out in life. And, 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 and the problem is, you know, I mean, both of us have lived long enough. We're no longer in our, well, you're still 29, but I'm no longer <laughs> in, my, in my 20s. And, and we wake up, you know, later in life and are like, what the fuck just happened? right and i'm and i'm guessing that you had kind of one of those moments as well right because you said you you found the podcast as jim fortin's podcast folks so so transform your life from the inside out i listen to it every week go listen to it um as well it's totally changed my life but but let's 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 talk about you let's let's talk about kind of you know where you were at because i'm sure that people that are listening can understand or relate to that of you know i something's just off in my life you know i i i'm doing this but i I, something isn't going the way that it should be going so what was that for you to kind of tell us what 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 was going on in your life that kind of brought you to that point of starting to listen to yourself, listening to your internal self, your soul, your what, whatever people want to call it so that you could feel more aligned. So I could feel more aligned. It would have been, uh, my soul had a mission that I didn't know about that I can tell you about. This is exactly what that is. If I can help one person, and again, I can go back to what that looked like because it wasn't a very nice feeling inside. But now that it's different, to say that point B was, I need to speak what it is through my own experience that I've had in case it helps one person. But that was my initial learning. And then I'll go back and tell you about what it was like. My now motivation, now that I know more, <laughs> I can be more, I can show up as better. I also help my agenda is to help 10,000 people and learning how to be what it is rules that might need to know, which was, uh, I was very success driven, you know, usually excelled and got to be where it was. I wanted to be. I was very lucky. Um, the few times I said that I made major important decisions, I followed my heart. I followed that inner knowing when I didn't, and it piled up on a few choices that weren't in line. It's because I was scared shitless. Excuse my language. Um, Lang- language permitted here. Always, <laughs> so, always so, permitted. So, so, so um, it, it, it probably doesn't hurt to just uh, digress ever so slightly. Um, I had a marriage that ended. And I had to revisit what it was like to live with a narcissist for me to get some boundaries around life. And boundaries about what that was like that I had been away from for like 30 years. And what am I smiling for is learning, you know, we take it down to the, you know, I chose to be there as well. It was that simple. What I'm getting at is when the boundaries weren't clear, it was a mirror image to obviously childhood. So I had things that I had stepped away from back then because I didn't know how 
I actually dealt pretty well, but I didn't know what to call them, what those things were. And what I'm saying is I really didn't know that not just did I not have boundaries that I learned to implement and have, you know, be a bit more firm about so that I could show up to how I wanted people to treat me. I never really reflected back to what I would have called it, that I, the people I learned from, what that was in them that creates them. So um, getting to what it was. Things accumulated, people passed, people got sick in my family. Uh, you do the right thing. You show up where you need it because it's the right thing. But what I hadn't been taking care of before that was the issue, which was coming out of a marriage, stayed too long, you know, kind of beat myself down because that's what I did when I was small. Didn't know what to do with stuff when you weren't taking care with, you know, boundaries to be really healthy. And what, so I, it, it, it's prudent. I might as well finish the story. So then when I'm small, I did take care of how to heal a lot of the things that I felt I needed to deal with. Again, you only see what you only see. <laughs> so then um, I'll get to the point so I don't get carried away. Uh, by not giving it a name, I still obviously had some things to deal with of fully understanding what narcissism was about. So lo and behold, there you go, landing in, found a marriage that was just beautiful. When it was good, it was really good. And when it wasn't, it wasn't. It was that simple. Parts I needed to learn were to name the rest of it that I didn't name and step into my own response, energetic responsibility about, oh, <laughs> you didn't really make some wise decisions. The red lights were there. And that goes for both people. So that does line up to this question you asked me, because that was the predisposition that I came into these other members of the family not being well. So I'd beat myself down, but it's because I needed to learn some things. And those things I needed to learn was if you made poor decisions at any point in time, stop. <laughs> take a breath, take a pause. Imagine if I don't, paused. don't keep making the bad decisions. Exactly. So, so I'll just go back to when I said it was good, it was good. And when it wasn't, okay, what isn't so good? So then you look at your own responsibility in that moment about what am I not doing to take care of myself? Because that's all you can do is take care of you. How I show up to the other person is my responsibility too, right? In the relationship. So as soon as that happened, that was my red flag to say, what are you not taking care of here? So let's say I had done a better job. I still would have went where I went, but I wouldn't have lost myself in doing that. So that was where I was getting back on my feet, licking my wounds. And, and, and I can't say it was poor me, but I was exhausted. I had stayed way too long. So then fast forward, um, I tried to struggle through getting on your feet instead of just allowing the process naturally to occur energizing yourself in the right decisions and the right alignment inside i pushed because that's what i knew how to do and i was exhausted not the time to be pushing the time to be still and really listen so and what was i just had some wounds i needed to look after they were wounds from way back when i guess i hadn't looked at those aspects so i'm getting then to the point uh it was about a seven-year gap in between that and hearing jaws jim's podcast uh, a family member I said became ill and I was going to step up into that. In my struggles, I had created the biggest mess you'd see. I'm not even pleased to admit it. I worked three jobs. <laughs> I was a ninny. Uh, bought three houses. They all had mortgages. Um, that's the short of it. And without the jobs, you couldn't support the other things that you're developing assets about. Right intention. Wrong synchronicities of energies. So, I mean, 
And everybody watching me thought, whoa, go, go, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, come back to the main part of uh, if I had been taking better care, I would have showed up to help family members in a more grounded place. But I did what I wanted to do because it was what I felt I needed to do. So get back to the story. I was exhausted when I'm here helping someone. And I have to admit, there was probably an element of martyrdom that you didn't even notice, right? But there was someone else to do it. So, and it was the right thing this person in my heart deserved to be supported. So yes, I'm kind, but at the same time, I'll get to the point. The point was through all of that beautiful learning, it was uh, the niggles of compass for my soul was basically redirecting me back to some things I needed to learn, which was get your ass here where family was, because that's where you need to kind of finish doing a little bit of business (laughs) so I could grow and uh, help those who needed it. And at the same time, it ended up to be me who got the beauty of it all. Uh, I got seven additional years with a family member who now is deceased. Doesn't matter. I got the best journey instead of being 16 hours away where my heart would have been, you know, questioning. But along that, I had Jim's podcast, the redirection of you're being silly. Stop and smell the roses and breathe. And anyway, and plus COVID hit. I'm not supposed to say C word, right? Because um, I became a coach. I took some hypnotherapy that I needed to learn and receive. That I, like you said, that when you started, this was the perfect. So there's some people who don't even know what it can do. Um, wow, what it can do. And then I learned a few other healing modalities that come from a background when I'm really young, when I was seeking. Oh, golly, I'm on a tangent here. I got to stop for a minute, but I know where I want to go, but it's okay. I got a new degree, I think. You like tangents on this podcast. Keep going? Okay, well. <laughs> Keep going. Well, when I was really young, I met somebody when I, in my seeking years before I had some sense of connection to self and something bigger than me, um, which set the bar for me. And I didn't know this. It was something I guess I kept comparing everything to. Get to it. She was a near-death survivor. Where she had been, she came, she had experienced unconditional love on the other side. When she came back, she shows up to audit my teacher. This is a different time and place in her life, obviously. We're doing all this beautiful healing work in the Carolina Mountains in a retreat and supporting each other in learning about what it is to show up for yourself and a sperm anyway. So here she is to audit my teacher. She walks in and the whole room does a double take. We don't even know why she's there. Don't even know who she is. She's by surprise. But she emulated this unconditional love that I could not, I get goosebumps when I think about it. So for me, my heart knows what that feels like. I never really knew how to term unconditional love in the kinetic part. And that's how I relate to the world. I get to the fast point. She does a meditation for it. She leaves. We find out who she was. And I come home and I'm like, who, who was that lady? I checked her out and she said, she was written up in three different books about her near-death experience. But the meditation she shared with us was about an unconditional loving process, but it emulated that love that I, from then on, uh, used as my benchmark. Because when I would learn other things since, uh, I never realized I judged it according to that being now what I knew as this new thing. Ah, so it wasn't, uh, I kept in touch with the lady who gave me that course that day that her teacher came to audit us. And um, I contacted her, this is like 30 years ago, like I'm in my twenties, right? Yeah. I, I contacted her this summer and I said, 
and I need to come and see you. I said, because this is too weird. It was on Jim's platform with my connecting with self because then I had the whole thing kind of roll out again. The previous seven years, I was saying that I watched somebody else fall down, hurt themselves and transition. But I was also, it made sense. I needed healing. I didn't know it. I wasn't going to step into it. And basically that was the chart of the whole journey to get reconnected with me. And uh, there was a whole lot of beautiful things that come with all of that. It made me want to step up and bring this to somebody who maybe was seeking like I was a long time ago, who didn't know how to affirm themselves, didn't know what unconditional love was or felt like, or even how to measure it. I've got examples of even small things in their own life they could, you know, use those as benchmarks. So they're off course like a compass. 20 years I was a forestry tech using a compass to trust yourself to get out of the woods in the middle of nowhere. So if I could trust the compass, then I could learn to trust myself with the reconnection with my soul. And actually, there's one more thread. Practicing with a peer, I got reintroduced to my soul actually through um, <laughs> soul technique work with hypnotherapy. And it sounds absurd, but it was very real. Um, and it didn't want to come to the earth in the birth canal. I didn't think I'd be sure this would be. Here we are. People can think I'm a, a, a woo. I'm not. I'm perfectly sane. I'm perfectly okay. That reintroduction was me going. I was coming from a place of unconditional love and I knew where I was going because I'd already contracted why I was with my family. And I was a conduit to just help us all learn what unconditional love was. No more, no less. Just to bring that little bit of a flavor to it. And hold uh, sacred space, which I, what, what does it mean? Uh, I felt people transition, you know, who are alive and who've passed, whether it's to the light end or if they're leaving their body because I couldn't, it feels easy. It was less risky than doing it in the physical like you and I are. If I didn't have this skill yet, <laughs> the other at least was safe, right? You know, I, because I knew where they were going. That lady, when I set a benchmark, I wasn't joking. Um, for me, I knew where I was gonna be. Uh, in, because I said I'm kinetic, I learned from my, if I cry, it's just because it's truthful. <laughs> um, from when I'm small, I learned to understand my whole world from a kinetic perspective. I didn't have words to articulate. Oh, I might as well finish this part too. When I was small up until the age of six, I would go with other people at nighttime and we would heal others. We would do it collectively though, as like it was fun. It was joyful. It was easy. It was what we were here for. So then at the age of six, I consciously made a decision that because my outside world didn't match what I was just speaking to, now I'm going to turn down the volume on all of that because Okay, if I'm going to be honest, it was a bit of a narcissistic world. They did their very best and it was a loving world. But if you couldn't mirror that, it was not really, you were a bird brain <laughs> or you're a kid and you're just placated, right? I can't blame anyone, just the way it was. So I chose to turn down my dial. And, and by doing that, I let go of something that was extremely important, which was me. I still had a good life, but it could have been much more enriched in quality with that other aspect. So... If I'm kicking and screaming now, it's that I need to say this out loud. Yeah. Well, Anybody I mean, has, yeah. And I was going to say, I think it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you just said there that I want, I want to go back and pick apart some of it because I think <laughs> it might have, it just might have skipped over some people because I again, did. it's, 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 
you said a lot of things that were that were really important and, and i've seen this in my life i've seen it in other people's lives as well um, you use a term about your seeking years you know when you were when you were younger back in your 20s you were seeking for sure. something right and you had this experience with this lady who had the near-death experience right and you felt something and yes. something connected with you something felt aligned but then what happens with most of us, right, is, is we get told, nope, now you got to be an adult, you got to go get a job, you got to go do whatever, right? Or like you said, sometimes the things that we experience may be a little scary to us. And so we choose to turn the dial down on it because, because we don't want to hear it at the time, right? And, and this is normal for all of us in this human experience, right, is that we we have certain dreams we have certain things that we want to do when we're young children even up in into teenage years and then what tends to happen is we we become logical we become practical <laughs> we, we 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 put we put away those childish things right and it reminds me of one of john john cougar mellencamp songs you know when i was a young boy i said put away those young boy ways now that i am older so much older how i long for those young boy ways right is that you know so much of the time we know who we are as a kid but then we forget and it's later in life when we have to listen to ourselves and kind of come back and it sounds like that's kind of what you've done right is that the the weight got so heavy on you, you know, as, as you, as you were talking about this, this one family member, you've got three houses, three mortgages, you're working all these jobs, right? Cause you're coming in, you're, tr you're trying to help, you're trying to be the responsible adult, but in, in doing that, you're giving away all of yourself and forgetting you and who you are underneath, right? At the same time, I was so far removed from my own connection. Yeah. That wouldn't have allowed, I wouldn't have allowed myself to get to that had I been that connected. They were just, because cumulative, not that they were wrong, but cumulative choices didn't leave me the freedom to be able to make the, what's the most practical decision here? Do we just have somebody help him for now? And then I go down late. You know what I mean? I didn't leave space at all in my life at that time, but well, I was also recovering, right? So. Yeah, well, and you used a word there. What's the most practical Good decision, word. right? Be, because that's, again, that's what we get taught as adults is, well, what's practical? What's the logical thing to do? <laughs> yeah. As opposed to necessarily what's the right thing to do. Because one of the things I heard you say before, too, is when you made those big decisions with your heart, yeah. they tended to be the right decisions. Spot on, yeah. Right, because which, I can which the flip that. side of that that people forget is a lot of times the decisions we make with our head, yes, which are practical and logical, are absolutely the wrong decisions to make. Well said, yes. <laughs> so, so how does you know? Because I, I love this little analogy that you gave. Because we we both have a little for, forestry uh, background. I mean, there's nothing that I love better than being out in the forest as well and, and with the nature there. But you, you used a, an example of, you know, that, that when, 
when you're lost in a forest, you can pull out a compass. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can find your way back out. Right. So that's that's a physical 3D thing, right? I'm lost. I'm lost in the forest. How do I get my way out? I pull out a compass. I figure out, you know, kind of where I started, where I think I am. You've got different points of reference. If you've got a map, yes. other things like that, you can find your way back with a tool like yes. a compass. Mm. So how do you how do you kind of help people? Because I'm guessing, you know, again, that to be able to help you know, listen to ourself and become more aligned internally. There's the equivalent of a compass that we're going to use to try to find our way back, right? Yes. What What does that look like? I mean, for people that are listening and are like, "Yep, you know what? I resonate with this. I don't. I don't feel like I'm completely aligned anymore." And and we're not saying you know, quit, quit your job, move to someplace halfway around the world. No. Right. I mean, there's, no. but there's, but there's little things that all of us, I think, feel like I'm not really being authentically me. I'm not really being who I really am. How do, how do we come to that true North or pull out that compass and help us find our way back? I believe that even if there's just a little slightly off the North, whether it's to the west or the east, as long as I'm moving, like, and that's what you do when you can't, I'm going to use this analogy because I believe it's, it's perfect for me what you said. You can't, if, you, if you're up on, the, up on the hill, you can see where you're headed. You can mm -hmm. see across maybe to the next mountain where you're going to take your bearing and spot on. But when you're walking between and going back down in the valley where the trees are, you can't quite see exactly. So you have to trust your compass. But each time you bring out your compass to see where you're headed on north, you're going to be a little askew one side or the other until you get your point of reference at the next hilltop. How does that work with what I'm trying to say? You do your very best at first calm, ease, being safe, feeling well. And even if it's a storm, I want to call it a dust storm, but it, no, it's a shit storm because if, even if it's not feeling really good around you, we're not those things. Even if I created them, we can take and start our life at any moment and choose again at any point in time. So let's say that that was this moment. I would feel into it, give myself stillness, explain to, if I was speaking to someone else about how to do this, I would just sit, spend time being in stillness with them. See what needs to be addressed first. It's not about what's around us. That's not who we are. So if we can kind of get to the crux of allowing themselves the space to create, whether it's tears, whether it's conversation, get into learning to relax into yourself for starters. But it would be understanding what all that's about. And, and I'll stop with the steps because there's just safety. As long as you can feel safe with what we're doing together, whether I'm, I'm just going to get to the point of releasing resistance and whatever that looks like, whether it's words, tears, energetic work, um, Create the space then for possibility. Because once you become more open <laughs> and more clear, something's going to percolate to the top to let you know maybe what's not working. And if they're already knowing that, you know, this is the area of my life, life over here, Glenda, that affects every single spoke of the rest of the wheel, then we're going to maybe start to look at that not on this perspective, not in your thinking cap, just about what is it about that that's not working for you? Look at the resistances that they're feeling. 
point I'm trying to bring it back to is that still in that moment and stillness I spoke of, it's about how we're being and showing up. So if we can get you to feel the resistances that aren't working, what's the opposite of that? Or what do you really want it to look like and feel like? So for me, if when I had my granny and I not three houses, three mortgages, and I'm wanting to be 16 hours away to help a family member, breathing would have been a good place to start. Not just turning off the water and locking the door and getting in the car and going. Uh, and going, like you said, what, what really is best for me? Even if the outcome was exactly the same, I could be differently during that next little journey of the decision. So if I know where I'm headed, that would be the next hilltop. I might make small tweaks along the way, like every time you look at your compass, you're going to be a little bit off by the time you get over there because you've made a, a small tweak in your straight line. But that would look like if you were sitting here with me, we would wonder what you want it to look like differently so we can feel into what that feels like. Because only then can, if we can imagine, then we're going like when I'm thinking, God, this is, and then I'm on the hilltop, two different complete feelings. So if I want to jump to the hilltop, what's it feel like up there that you want? Say that's your, your point B. What's it feel like? What's it look like to think to be that person? Jim had us do certain things to think into what that would feel like. Um, then I finished Jim's program and I ran into somebody who can bring a tangible thing of how to figure out how to be that on paper and how to build a roadmap. This is what I'm going to call it at least anyway, because this is the, the analogy that works for me. So when I get to the bottom of the valley, I want to know how to get to my next perspective, my next point B up on the next hill and still be spot on in alignment along the way. So I don't have to, uh, so that I know that each step I'm going to take is in alignment actually with what I want to get there. Cause I'm the one who toys my point B and, and let me bring it back. Then it was um, a current coach that I have. Remember I was a struggle bunny, <laughs> struggle bus. <laughs> That's the way I chose because it allowed me to get at least monies, but it still stayed in scarcity. It still stayed in your head stuff. When I'm not that, then this perspective works. Was is. Um, let's just they say I want to show up more online, and I'm this nervous nitty. Which when I'm not feeling aligned, that's what I am, because that's what I learned as a small kid. It was easier to stay invisible and be quiet, because then I didn't have to deal with those who aren't like me. Well. I love the, I love the term nervous ninny, too. Right? I was, so, and, and I still can be. <laughs> yeah, well, we we all can be right because mm. again, if if we kind of take this forest analogy a little further, right, in, into kind of what you've been explaining, you know, it, it, it's like we're you know we're walking along the path in the forest and we're having a good time, and all of a sudden something happens and maybe we get knocked off the path, we find ourselves rolling down the hill. And kerplunk, we hit the bottom of this ravine. And we get up at that point. And, and, and at that point, most of us are trying to figure out, holy shit, how do I get myself out of this, right? We turn into that nervous ninny. We start thinking, 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 thinking. And all we end up doing is we end up increasing our anxiety and fear level because our brain goes into hyper beta mode. And at that point, you can't think clearly anyway, right? 
And so at that point, the best thing to do is just to pause, take a breath and get quiet, right? Which again, it sounds like, again, this is the same kind of stuff you would do with, with your clients as well, which is, hey, life fed you a shit sandwich and you're not happy. <laughs> okay, let's just calm ourselves down look around, see what's here. We got a compass, pull it out, try to figure out if I'm in the valley, right? Then there's no way that I'm going to be able to figure out where I am until I get to some high ground. So I look around, I see a hill that's higher than where I am. And I climb up to the top and I start looking for my next reference point, right? I find my next reference point. I pull out my compass. I look and see which way that next reference point is. Take a big deep breath because then I got to climb down into the next valley before I can make it up there, right? And 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 I think you know, like you you were talking about self hypnosis. There's some different modalities like that. Some of the Reiki healing, other stuff that you've done as well that are tools like that compass yeah. that really kind of help us get to that next area or release some of the baggage that we have that makes us feel like we can't get there. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that a great way of kind of ex explaining perfect. it? Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, um, you know, and, and, and so how does that, how does that process kind of work? Because again, you know, we, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that can be going on in our minds, mm -hmm. right? A lot of, a lot of things from before that often end up holding us back as well. Right. So I'm in the bottom of the ravine and I'm like, Oh, I've been here before and I'm never going to get out. And I tried it before and it didn't work. It's not going to work this time. Right. How do we, because I think we all feel that way at some point. I'm guessing you probably have felt that way at different points in your life too. I know I have, right? I'm sure people that are listening have as well. So at that point, pause, take a breath. What else, what else can we do at that point to really kind of help us get going? Well, providing you're well and healthy at the bottom of the ravine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a broken leg. It's, it's okay no, exactly. that way, right? So, so I was going to say safety, and even if that sounds silly, so that we feel safe inside in the moment in our body, you know, so that we're not reeling with nervousness and anxiety and fear. So then we could just use breath. There's different techniques that we can come back into the stillness. And then from that place, I would hopefully try to help you get rid of resistance and what i mean by that it could be akashic records could be hypnosis could be the sacred harmony method could be the helix method which are all basically ways to say okay we're in the now really present we're not going to be feeling this resistance it doesn't belong here so when we're in that space of really feeling connected it's not there so then we would find some way to help you feel elevated like you say whether it's a hypnosis uh you know, go into that loving place with inside, feel what it was like to unconditionally love your dog, you know, or to feel loved. And, and even if we're in the middle of the woods and it has no bearing on anything, what it has bearing on is our subconscious, which is the one that takes us out, 
if we're used to not having positive thoughts and actually being on top of things, whatever we give it, as long as you're feeling safe, it looks for more of the same. So it's going to, if, if I want to choose, I'm feeling safe already. And as long as what I'm choosing isn't so far away from what this moment is, it's the next small win that I want to get to get to my point B. It's not going to take me out of the game because it's not too frightening. It could be, okay, maybe that tonight I just want to post out one thing, but it might be on a topic that's uncomfortable. If I try to make it a big one, uh, so bring it down, small chunk it that it feels doable and, or just a bit beyond doable, so that I'm stretching. I'm going to feel safe to do it when you've accomplished it. That's that next aligned goal that I'm speaking to that it's already in line. It's me who wants to get to point B. I chose that. So then we're going to start back here. I have a habit, if I'm not mindful, to, to want to do the big picture. <laughs> so if I chunk it, I've got a big picture. I know what I'd like. So how am I going to do that? Well, first, I have to be calm and ease and flow. If I'm not those things, I'll probably need, you know, an extra couple of hours to, to take myself out and just, you know, what's a walk in the woods to, to calm, to be still, to feel okay. And when I'm feeling safe and at ease, I'm going to create wonderful things in my life. Because my subconscious, like all of us, it's, it, we don't have saber-toothed tigers, but we have things that take us out, that make us a little bit nervous. If I'm doing it at tangible, easy goals, and I say, want to stretch them just a little bit, my subconscious is going to say, that's a good new level. So my next up level, sure, I might get and go, because <gasps> maybe now it requires other responsibilities with me, but it's still doable. If I... Uh, asked for help, which I've been taking coaching ever since. I never heard of coaching in my life unless it was like to do with figure skating when I when I ended up on that podcast. I'm telling you the truth. I was 30 yeah. years with my heads in the sand doing work I love, but I was also in the woods where there wasn't all of the other internet. Anyway, and then a profession of 20 years doing what I'm doing now, which is before choosing online has been an RMT with yourself in a, in a business behind a closed door rub dub and do beautiful work, but I didn't have to learn what I'm learning now. And I, I guess I'm sorry that I never learned that before. So the beautiful part is I never learned that to be living life with fear is an okay thing. It sets you up for the next bar to be the next best, but in wholeness, not just in fearful, grab the next baton and not look back and try to learn from what you, where you even appreciate what you've done. You know, I didn't do that, but that's okay. I'm here now and I'm doing it and it's lovely. All of these little things that I'm doing, if I take time to go, whew, or I've worked my asses, I'm going for a, an XYZ, whatever that is. And I don't mean to drink, but it like maybe a pedicure or a massage or something that still um, appreciating the hard work I'm doing for myself because I'm also hopefully showing up that way for people. You know, I'm going to call it that magic, but it's not that I'm magical, but the, what we're given by living with a sense of purpose coming from our inside is what we were told from that gentleman, you know, uh, creating magic from the inside out. Um, how can you not? And when you do, <laughs> I'm getting excited, sorry, but it's like the heart coherence breathing. If you breathe into your heart for five and out for five and do that rhythmically for about five to 20 minutes, depending on how much time you want to give it, it gets us out of our way. It actually brings alignment, whether we're aware of it or not. And then you put a word, like, let's say that's a neutral place, but we're still amplified our electrical magnetic field, or our human Wi-Fi, 
throw a word on there that you really want to work on being, it, you'll be that without effort. So you don't have to sit there and go, ooh. Spent the time in really binging in our electromagnetic frequencies there anyway. What do we want to be? Do I want to be a loving, caring person? Truthfully, in this life at this point, if that's all I am, I create the world around me that is that, and I get the reflection back. And then I can show up to somebody who is that. And or a seeker. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> as long as we're seeking, we're in. We can work together. If there's somebody who's trying to, yeah, I'll stop. I sound like a, I, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not hopeful because <laughs> I want the person who's in the bottom of the valley doesn't know how to get to the top, who just needs the compass. But somebody show them how to use the compass. Yeah. Well, because I think that's the important thing, right? I mean, I, I grew up being a boy scout. So yeah. I know how to do that because I was I was taught how to do it. You could you could throw me in the middle of the woods somewhere, give me a couple of things, I would be fine. I would be able to live and survive because those were things that I've been taught, right? But but I think it's it's important, you know, again, and, and this is, you know, whether you have to get out of a forest, okay. <laughs> Here's your little roadmap if you ever find yourself at the bottom of a valley, right? Take a compass if you go hiking. Always take a compass, take a knife. There's a couple of things you should probably always have with you, but, but, but what's interesting is, is I think that this is where you mentioned a couple of things here that I want to go into, and then we're going to go back to the broken leg too, because, you know, when you find yourself there, I think a lot of times as humans, we were used to uh, success and in, in trying to push ourselves and stretch ourselves and I think a lot of times we try to stretch ourselves further than we can, than we can honestly go, and then we feel shitty about ourselves, right? So it'd be the equivalent of like, I'm at the bottom, I've got a thousand foot mountain, I've got to climb here, and saying, okay, Jason, you got five minutes to get to the top. Ain't no way I'm getting to the top in five minutes. But as long as I'm moving a little bit in that direction right? Yeah. Taking those little steps every day, celebrating those things as it comes along. And honestly, you know, when I've been hiking, that's sometimes what I have to do. It's like, I'm going to walk until I get to that point on the trail. And then I'm mm -hmm. going to stop for a minute or two and catch my breath. And then I'm going to go to that next point, right? And that's what we have to do in our life as well, Right, because if if maybe we're not being as loving or as kind of a person as we want to be, but we're still making those little steps and doing those little things we need to every day, small as they may be, um, we're headed in the right direction, and that's that's what's really important. But I, but I wanted to back up because I, I you know as we were kind of joking about the broken leg, and about safety, but it just reminded me that. You know, sometimes we do find ourselves in the valley with a broken leg. Right. And before I ever have any chance of trying to climb up to get to the higher ground, sometimes I have to take care of those acute things in my life. And I know you, you mentioned a, a previous marriage. Yeah. I was in a previous marriage, you know, like that, or, <clears throat> you know, maybe other things that are going on to where. We want to change, but sometimes there's things like the broken legs in our life that we have to deal with first mm -hmm. before we can kind of move forward. Right on. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it sounds like, you know, like you said, again, that you've experienced some things like that. I have too. And, and like you said, part of maybe why we're not feeling the alignment is because we're in certain relationships or, you know, we're engaging in certain behaviors or not engaging in certain behaviors that are the equivalent of the broken leg that we got to fix first. And then it's going to make everything else easier to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you want me to speak to how you deal with a broken leg and all that? How do you, how do you deal with a broken leg? <laughs> well, that's, I, I would do my and everybody that's listening. We're talking about, about, you know, yeah. this analogy, but we're not talking about that <laughs> analogy. Okay. We're talking about how to, how to improve your life along the way. Analogies are just a way that help us learn and incorporate some of the stuff better. No, that's, that's a really good example. So if, if I was in the middle of some, some turbulence, we'll say in life, say your marriage is not the greatest and it's kind of going, mm -hmm. you want to be able to manage each day going forward to at least make the best decisions from the best place inside of you. And in order to do that, you would deal with, okay, so how can I be the best me that I can be right in this moment? Like we were saying before, we're not our thoughts, like that monkey chatter that we hear in our mind. That's not us. We're not the environment around us, even if it looks luxurious, you know, or if it looks like a, you know, disaster, we're not, we're not, we're not those things or the being who is now has a choice to be what it is they want to be in the next step. Even if it meant for supper, are you going to talk together or not talk together? Um, but you don't want to be a crab apple. You want to be the best going forward, no matter what it is. So sitting with that and trying to be that some people from my past might have called it a falsehood because you're being something you're not. But we mentioned about the subconscious doesn't, it doesn't know what's false and what's like, it could be, it could be fantasy. Your subconscious really doesn't know the difference. If I felt safe in believing that, it's going to bring me more of that. So if I really think, okay, if there's any chance of a marriage surviving, we'll use that as an example or getting through at least this next bit till we figure out what's going on. I gotta be the best me, which could be that, okay, so I'm gonna picture myself as not stressed. I don't mean picture. I'm gonna do what I can do to support that action inside of myself in the being of being calm, relaxed. And it might be just as simple as breathing. That breathing technique I told you will take you there. It's, it's a chemical makeup. It's that electromagnetic field. And if I can be the best me, those around me change. It's that electromagnetic field is no different than our Wi-Fi. It's the same darn thing. So if I can be what I can be without being crabby, we can go, go for a walk, Glenn, if I need to get rid of the crabbies. Um, even if there's a, like you say, a whole financial shit thing going on around us, we aren't that. We can deal with that as this part inside of us becomes wiser, clearer, more empty, more available. And, and I'm smiling because if I say I want to feel calm, or even if it comes right down to being hopeful instead of helpless, that's a huge leap, but it's, it's small and enough of an increment that it means the difference of somebody having possibilities instead of feeling overwhelmed and not knowing what to do. So there's steps that we can do together energetically, even just the breathing might bring you into, remember when you felt somewhere like this before and you got through it? reminding someone that there's, you know, there's reasons and there's things we can do in the now to be that. So 
if you do that, the broken leg is still there, but we haven't increased someone's anxiety to send them into shock. We're supporting them. It's like putting the warm blanket on, giving them water when appropriate or not. It's staying with them, keeping them calm. And I don't care if I'm across the world. Now I know I can do that with somebody across the pond, you know, that's just thousands of miles away. And you can be that with them. So we talked about sacred space, not doing my grocery list in the back of my mind, really being present. And when I'm present, I'm not negative. I'm completely in the moment. And if there's something you need intuitively, I do have that ability, gratefully. I said I'm kinetic. That comes naturally. You can read the room pretty easily, even though you weren't free to admit it sometimes. Because you know, um, I don't tell anybody how to feel or to be. But if I can suggest that maybe there's a resistance, I might. Are you feeling, you know, some resistance around your heart? And you really, do you want to keep that there? Maybe you do because you need to feel safe. I'm not going to tell you how to be. So, but do you want to lessen it? You know, so you can feel safe, but yet not shut down. And work through that, not just through Reiki, just through breathing, just presence. You can do that for themselves, but to be reminded of not being helpless, to be empowered, to know what they're doing, to make a choice for themselves in the moment, to, to feel, to come out of helplessness, giving somebody some choices. That's just, and it's so freeing and simple. Um, the breathing technique is it's, it's crazy, wonderful how it works but you're bringing them into stillness. And guess what? You have to look at your feelings when you do that. Mm-hmm. But, but that's what they're there for. We just say that something's not okay. And if you've got someone there to support you when you're doing that, because sometimes it seems scary than hell, I'm not going there because it scares me. But yet that's where the magic is of the knowing to say, hey, you're, you're not in congruency here. You don't need to do lots in this moment. Just, just even aware of that before I make 10 more decisions really rashly from there. And uh, so the broken leg now becomes bandaged, no infection going on, stabilized. And the person then becomes more stable and calm inside. And I hope that is helpful of the analogy. So then they don't feel alone. And uh, when you don't feel alone, hopefully you look back inside and you can ask them, you know, have you ever felt connected to anything outside of yourself? And if you have, did that ever bring you comfort? well, that is who you are. You know, you are all of that. So if that's you. You're already that. I'm going to give another funny analogy. Somebody said to me all the time, and I, and I, and I like them. He said, you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant, like in this moment. So, you, you're not trying to be, you're not, you're not partially pregnant. You either are or you aren't. Right? <laughs> so, so the same goes with if it ever brought you comfort before, then you are that. Because if it worked, then it's a falsehood to say it's not working. That no matter what we call this thing, that we are part of, are connected to. If it worked for you one time, guess what? You are that, you know what I mean? So in other words, just breathe, go inside and really try to be okay that we're not broken. Nothing wrong with us. There never was. We're deserving of the best life, no matter what we feel like. Anyway. And and I think that's helpful here too, you know, for us to to kind of wrap up with is that, you know, just like we talked about, sometimes, Sometimes you got just a few scrapes and bruises. You can pick yourself up. You can do some of this stuff on your own. You, you already have your compass. You can pull it out. You can probably, probably do a lot of this stuff yourself, but sometimes there's going to be things in your life that are more like the broken legs and, and having somebody else there to help you along the way, to let you know that you're not alone, mm-hmm. 
you you can do hard things you've done them before and and to help us kind of see some of the perspective and also to ask us some of the questions that we need to hear right is because so a lot of times we already know what we need to do we just don't want to do it so let's go back to our broken leg again right <clears throat> so glenda if you're sitting there with your broken leg at the bottom i'm going to do what i can to comfort you right because i'm your friend i love you i i, I want you to feel good um i want you to, to to make the progress and and i might look at it and i see it's a it's a simple fracture you've probably broken it but it's 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 not that big a deal we'll we'll wrap it up we'll give you some comfort you're probably going to be okay but i might look down and i see your bone protruding through your pants and i say um hmm. glenda you have a broken leg and you say yeah i know and um did you realize it's a compound fracture? And so the only way for you to deal with it is to go through some horrific pain right now as we reset your leg, right? Because sometimes those things come along. And maybe again, if we use our, our marriage example, or it can be anything, we're just using a couple of analogies for you to kind of get, to get the point. Sometimes you have to go through a lot of short-term pain for what's better for you in the long run. Sometimes it might mean getting a divorce, leaving a relationship. The equivalent of that pain that we might feel of getting our leg reset the way it needs to be reset. But at the same point, if Linda's sitting there going, yep, I see it's a compound fracture and I'm just happy sitting here because I don't want to deal with it right now. I don't want to deal with it. All right. When you're ready to deal with it, just let me know and we'll set your leg back into place. Um, you know, because again, it, it is, it's all up to us. It's our life. We get to choose what we're going to do. But I think, like I said, it's a great way to kind of wrap up that sometimes we just need a little help. And there's people like Linda, like me, there's plenty of people out there in the world who want to help you. And, uh, you know, if people if you resonate with certain people and you think they can help you, then ask for help, right? That's, that's again, the one, one thing, uh, you know, one of the lies that we get told as adults is you can just do everything yourself. Mm -hmm. We can't do everything ourselves all the time. You yeah. know, can you, can you perform brain surgery on yourself? <laughs> of course not, right? You would need <laughs> some help with that. Um, and it, it, it actually takes more courage to ask for help and to get help than to try to muddle through it yourself. So anyway, well, Glenda, I, I have really enjoyed this discussion today. Any, any final thoughts that you kind of want to want to share as we kind of wrap up for today? Mm, if any, if it resonates, anything that I've said, if it resonates with anyone and they have any questions, I'm more than open, even just for a clarity call in, in regard to putting you on to maybe who can help you if I can't and explaining a little bit about the journey of what it looks like. And if you are inclined to think you might want to take any type of coaching hypnosis, you probably are not necessarily in me. That would be, wouldn't be fair, but yeah. um, it's helped immensely. Lots of people. It's helped me. Um, so does coaching period. Just a little bit of a, that's a nudge I was saying just get to get onto your north uh, 
It's all we need to be is the next right decision in the next right moment and then the rest line up to be true. You know what to look on it. <laughs> so thank you for the opportunity even to talk about it, Jason. And I can learn a lot just by listening as well. So thank you very much. Yeah. Well, my pleasure. And yeah, so re reach out to Glenda if, if you want to. She's on social media. She's got a website. We'll put it in the show notes as well. And because she's up in Canada, it's glendabarber.ca mm -hmm. instead of .com as well, right? So, um, but yeah, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes as well. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time today and getting to talk about the forest and hiking oh. and everything else. It's time for me to get back out there again. <laughs> and, and spirituality in the forest, to me, those two topics just are just, yeah, they're perfect. Thank you so very much. That was lovely. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks again. Okay. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you enjoyed the most about the podcast. And you may even be featured on a future episode. When you're ready to turbocharge your leadership development, join the Briefing Leadership Program where you get access to everything in one place and can interact directly with me in the group. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy's video on-demand learning platform at ondemand.criskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you will also have access to hundreds of video on-demand learning opportunities. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations. <laughs>